you like that technical foul call? Why? shining the grass is green and guess what's for breakfast the central division hey everyone welcome to the jvg nba tribute show i am marco and i'm lucas and today we have uh bulls expert tom hicklin on the line the thick meister himself hey, John. good thanks tom how are you i'm good i'm good how are you guys good 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 thanks for asking again <laughs> good, good how are you good the second time around <laughs> So, Tom, yeah. you're in an interesting position as a Bulls fan. Take me through your uh, off-season wish list. Okay. So, I think um, the biggest thing for us in this off-season, or what we were hoping for, has already come true. We've um, got rid of Foreman and Garpax out of the front office. So, we brought in our tourist carnage service. I'm not sure how to say it. No, you nailed but, it. But um, <laughs> he, 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 did, he did good things in... Um, Denver, we just made the conference finals, so hoping he um like can do that with for us. He's brought in a new coach with some actual experience with Billy Donovan. And that's the first time we've had a coach with experience since Scott Skiles in two thousand three. Which is good. Um like really we're capped after Otto Porter picks up his option. So really hoping for a lot of internal growth. And just like better basketball play under Donovan instead of Jim Boylan. Like Kobe White after the All-Star break, averaged 24 points, four boards and four four assists on 40% shooting from three. So hopefully if he can pick up there, that'll be huge for us. Um, Looking towards the draft, I think we just draft the best player available. And like I've heard it's a really weak draft, so I wouldn't even mind trading down and picking up a couple picks and... Taking a few flyers on some young players. But I do really like um, Isaac Okoro if we were going to draft someone. Um, like I said, we're capped. we got no money for free agency, really. What, pick, what pick have the Bulls I'd got? I love it. Sorry? What pick have the Bulls got? We've got picks four. Oh, yeah, we moved up. We meant to have pick eight. So we got lucky mm. with the um, ball drop. So I also like Denny Ajiva. I think he's playing for Barcelona now. But, um, yeah, like a small forward would be great, but I think we just take the best player available. Yeah, I'm of that belief as well. I think in any draft, no matter what, whatever whatever pick you have, pick the best player available because especially with the league going away from, uh, you know, going towards positionless basketball, so long as your five best players are playing, that's probably the most important thing. Uh, and if not, you can always just trade that player because they will be the one with the most value. That's right, yeah, agreed. I suppose if you're a team like Golden Golden State this year, do you do still draft the best player available? Would you say? No, you nah, get rid of that pick. Yeah, Warriors. That's that's different. Like mm. you know, no team like the Warriors ever ends up with pick two. Like yeah. not since what the Lakers in 1980 or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you absolutely trade that yeah. away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think that it's probably gonna. That's a that's a very uh, valuable pick for the team receiving it um, because they know that Golden State is looking to get rid of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 It's it's double so, doubly valuable in that way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. 
Um, if we start looking at like free agency, like I said, we've got pretty much no money at all. We have like our mid-level options. And I think if we could get like a six, seven, six, eight wing who like can just play their role, shoot threes and play defense would be really good for us to back up Porter. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see Chandler Hutchinson step into that role, but mm. he's been injured every season and never really got his three point shot going since college. So, um, I don't know, a couple of options I was thinking at who we might be able to afford. Garrett Temple would be great, but he might be cost a little bit too much. Sterling Brown from Milwaukee. Um, Tory Craig, Justin Holiday, or even Kemp Bazemore. What is it with you Brunswick boys calling Milwaukee, Milwaukee? Milwaukee? <laughs> you call it Milwaukee? Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that, actually. It's actually a Milwaukee. Milwaukee. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, I've got, I've got a trade proposal that has been a joke for every other pod, but for this, I'm, <laughs> I'm for real. Mm. I honestly think there's a lot of value in Danny Green going to the Chicago Bulls. Your oldest player right now is a 28-year-old Thomas Sadoransky who's been in the league for like six years because I, yeah. I don't think the dad, Thad Young is going to come back. Danny Green has played, has been a starter for three different championship teams. He's lost a championship, mm-hmm. which is another you know uh, piece of experience. He's played with, by my count, two of the four best players of all time, as well as uh, Kawhi, Ginobili, Parker and Anthony Davis. He's played under Greg Popovich and Nick Nurse. So I reckon that's uh, you know a, a wealth of experience that you can't really replicate anywhere else in the NBA. <laughs> what are you laughing about? It's, no, it's just that I I hate how much I agree with you. Like <laughs> every every other guest we've had on this pod, Danny Green. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, for the Bulls, I think he completely makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what you say. You want someone who can shoot the three and play some defense and have a bit of leader. No, not leadership, but experience. Yeah, yeah. And and someone yeah. who's been trusted by some of the best coaching minds. Like whether or not we see what, you know, Pop saw in him, mm. doesn't matter. Mm. Like Pop saw it. So yeah. I think, yeah, he's yeah. he's got a lot of value to a team like the Bulls. Probably maybe not 25, 26 other teams in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and- I don't know. I think, I think Danny Green, if he did come to Chicago, it might just be a rerun with what happened with Thaddeus Young, you know? Mm. He'd have to have a smaller role. He would probably wouldn't start over Zach Levine. And then he'd just grow unhappy, wasting away on the bench sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think that's where Danny Green deserves to be, is on the bench. <laughs> Well, yeah. I think that I don't know if it's really wasting away if you've won three rings and you're getting paid fifteen million dollars. Yeah. And from the bull side, it's a fifteen million dollar flyer, which could turn out to uh, you know be really helpful for the rest of the players on the team. Uh, I also think that it didn't really work with Thaddeus Young because no one liked Boylan, and the players might have a bit more respect and a bit more chemistry with um, Donovan, and also they'll probably be excited for a new experience. Yeah, well, he's hoping. I think. Donovan showed in OKC that he puts players in their best position to succeed, whether it's shooting the mid-range or he lets them play how they want to play. So I'm really hoping that, you know, we're happy because a lot of people weren't happy in Chicago last season, yeah. especially Laurie Markkinen. I think he had a shocking year, but I think there's still limitless percent potential for him. Yeah, definitely. So to lose him like now when his trade value would be so low would be like really bad. So I'm hoping... The ship can get turned around. Definitely. Uh, 
Yeah, look, I, I, it's really it's a really comfortable position for the Bulls to be in because, as a Bulls fan, you said every, your wish list has already come true before the draft or before free agency. So anything now is just found money. Yeah, uh, playing on house money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who next? Just out of just out of interest, what's your proposed trade for Danny Green? Oh me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. See, this is where this is probably where it's yeah. This is where it's tough. Like because there's no one on the Bulls roster that could the Lakers could possibly want. <laughs> So you'd probably have to invite. Hey. Oh no! This is my proposed trade. Hey, who you would want to trade for Danny Green? Yeah, my yeah, proposed okay. trade is <laughs> the Wizards sign Bertans, trade him to the Lakers. The Lakers trade Danny Green to the Bulls. The Bulls trade uh, Felicio to the Wizards, and the Lakers trade a first-round pick to the Wizards. So the uh, Wizards give up Bertans, pick up a first and. Felicio, uh, Bulls give up Felicio and pick up Danny Green. I do that from the Bulls' perspective. Yeah, definitely. And you know, as a Wizards fan, probably Bertans probably wants to go somewhere to win, so may as well get a first round pick for him. Mm. Yeah, without a doubt. So that's what the trade looks like. Hey, you had the answer, man. <laughs> I always got the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Nate. <laughs> That trade does work out well for the Wizards, though, as well, which is yeah. suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, the Wizards, what a nothing team. Just like the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> I, you know, I actually haven't mentioned, mentioned this on any of the episodes yet, but I'm I'm pretty new NBA fan. <laughs> I was shocked at how bad the Pistons look to have come off from that Blake Griffin trade. Like... Right. like I, obviously, he's still got some talent, but he—I—I I don't know why would they do that? Why would you trade for Blake Griffin in that situation when you're a team like the Pistons, yeah. who obviously were in need of like a deep rebuild? Instead, you go for an aging, injury-prone, like—I don't know. Like, also, he's not Blake Griffin. As good as he is, he's—he's he's a piece. Like, mm. like he's not—he's not the guy who you just get the ball to so he scores like he needs other players yeah. around him to play well in in my view yeah um and yeah now you're stuck with d rose and blake griffin yeah <laughs> honestly i think you should just jack full of peptides <laughs> <laughs> bring him to the bombers yeah i reckon they i reckon in this offseason the P- pistons need to sign Stephen danks <laughs> and then yeah just bring D Rose and Blake back to their old selves because otherwise they're just big fucking burning a big hole in your pocket yeah I've got I've got no idea what what their identity is because yeah. you can't be winning because they won 30% of their games <laughs> it's they do have to start the rebuild and they do have uh, they do have Blake on a massive bag and they'll there's no way they'll get a fair trade for him with how bad they are same thing with D Rose he's not on a big contract but there's no way that they'll they will get the better side of that deal yeah I'd like to see them give D Rose another season, maybe. I mean, obviously, like you know, I, I hate to be one of those guys, but like his his output per minute was on par with his MVP season. <laughs> like, like he was playing what twenty four minutes per game or whatever. But you know, you scale it up to how much he was playing on that MVP season, and yeah. it was practically the same. So he's obviously still got talent. That being said, what are you gonna what are you gonna do with D Rose going forward? Like. <laughs> 
what does that what does that bring for the rest of the players on the team mm. um yeah i mean you know they've got some good they got some good young pieces um christian wood that, yeah. other, that other guy <laughs> christian wood is a um christian wood is a free agent this off season though which yeah. is <clears throat> unfortunate yeah i reckon they yeah. like um luke Kennard. Oh, i think true, he can yeah. be a really good player yeah um yeah so i mean that's what i mean i i don't really have an answer for the pistons <laughs> I, I just think they're in a lot of shit yeah and yeah i think i think going into complete rebuild mode would be really the only answer here i don't know why yeah. they didn't do that five years ago to yeah yeah i agree yeah i think they thought they had this piece in andre drummond which they didn't which well no one else saw uh, and they were wrong. And I think the issue is they can't bring free agents, so they need a they need to build through draft and trade. And they haven't done that well either. I don't know. The value of Blake is just making you guys a little bit, making the Pistons a little bit better than getting a good draft pick. Yeah. As is D Rose. You know, these are, they're they're good players in better situations, but they're not helping anyone. Well, yeah. What the, I mean, what they did sort of mid season this year, you know, getting rid of Drummond and um, Jackson, like the, those were like the moves you make when you're about to do a rebuild mm. but then you still have Blake Griffin and D-Rose yeah, on your yeah. team it's like either go all yeah. in or or don't yeah yeah you can't be stuck in limbo yeah yeah you gotta trade those pieces absolutely glad we all agree on that <laughs> so they <laughs> traded Drummond to the Cavs halfway through the season and the Cavs remained mediocre they won 29% of their games and now Andre Drummond has a player option which he's I think he might have a bit of an ego, but I don't think he's dumb enough to decline that player option. I think it's 29 and 30 mil, 28, 29, 30 mil in that range. And the Cavs are the Portland Trailblazers, but 10 years younger. They got their two scoring guards. One of them we know is shit, though, in Colin Sexton. Darius Garland seems pretty smooth. Uh, and then, yeah, you've got Tristan Thompson and Andre Drummond to play the roles of Yusuf Nurkic and Hassan Whiteside and we. You know, if you want to lose 4-1 in the first round, then go ahead. Yeah, I don't think they'll even get that opportunity, to be yeah. honest. Um, I feel bad for Andre Drummond in the same way that I don't feel bad for Hassan Whiteside. As in, he he looks really good on paper to the point that who was that that dumb media person who put, put him in, like, their all-NBA second team oh. or something like that, yeah. based on the fact that he gets, like, however many rebounds and however many points. Mm. Um but yeah, he's just... I, nobody rates him at all. And <laughs> like, fair enough. Fair the enough. The Pistons finished with 30.3% win percentage. The Cavs <laughs> finished with 29.7. He was the starting center on both of those teams. <laughs> yeah, he, and supposedly like an experienced and important player on both of them yeah. as well. Like, <laughs> But he does still have relative youth. And I feel like, uh, you know, just in a rim-running, rim-protecting role as, as just the center... That's all he has to be is the starting center on a team. He's not a centerpiece. He's the center. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, are you, I mean, you can't... If you're a center, you can't be the centerpiece of a team if you play like Andre Drummond. You yeah, know? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you have to play like Jokic, like, to be the guy yeah. if you're a center. But he's been... He was the guy at the Pistons for so long. Yeah. And it just... He just doesn't play like a modern player at all. Yeah. And uh, Jeff Van Gundy's brother, Stan... <laughs> Uh, also had a knack for just getting 150% out of a super athletic tall. He took Dwight and, the, and those guys to the um, finals. Wow. And then Andre Drummond was just this, you know, finishing and uh, rebounding machine. And they had like, you know, relative success. But, you know, this is, this is, that was Andre Drummond with the perfect supplementary pieces. And if you, if that's your best case scenario, scenario 
then you're not, you know, you're not worth building around. Yeah. That's a really good comparison. The the Blazers, the Blazers, but 10 years younger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just don't sleep on the Cavs. <laughs> uh, look. Ah, oh, fuck. Um. How do we? How do we? How do we turn? Moving this on. <laughs> Moving on to a team that's a little bit more interesting. The what is it? Milwaukee Bucks. Is that how you say? It? Milwaukee. <laughs> Milwaukee. Um, I'm. I think that the Bucks and the Clippers are in the two most pressure, high pressure situations in the entire NBA right now. Because, well, let's do the Bucks because that's who we're talking about right now. The Bucks have Giannis, who's said I think. It, last year or a year ago or two years ago that he wasn't opposed to leaving and that he wanted to win uh and they they need to win this season because this is the last year of his contract so they've they're in this scary situation where they need to win if that means the chip or just coming out of the east i don't know i think i think their floor needs to be coming out of the east they are i think one scorer away from being um being the <clears throat> you know, Eastern Conference champions, uh, which we saw in that Miami series. They were happy with letting uh, Middleton go for as many points as he wanted. That didn't really affect them winning. And the Bucks offense wasn't really strong enough to beat the Miami Heat. So I think another scorer that can score outside the flow of the offense would be a really good, um, really good addition for them. Yeah, I think... Um... They're paying big money to a lot of players and really to reconstruct the roster at all, they'd have to move on from one of them. Yeah. I think the one would have to be Eric Bledsoe because it's been, what, three seasons in a row where he hasn't performed at all in the playoffs. And then like, during the regular season, he's great. But I think more of a fluid, smooth player who can close out games for you when Giannis to the shot isn't falling would be a really big difference maker for him. Yeah, I think I think their game plan just has to be different this season as well like in the playoffs they just you know and they're like using using Giannis just as a screener like mm. so often it was it was it was like no that guy needs to be like either drawing um defensive players off of other players or he needs you need to be getting him the ball so he can score like you yeah. can't you can't just have him playing in these like dicky little screens mm. he's the fucking mvp yeah um yeah. and that means you need to build that means the players you have around him need to compliment compliment him in that way and yeah i just don't think they completely do at the moment uh and i think that it's also an issue for Giannis is that sometimes he is just the system which doesn't work uh and i don't know if that's as a result of their other players not being as great you know but below Bledsoe, uh below middleton is just a bunch of role players I don't think would get much many minutes on other contending teams. Uh, the murmur of Chris Paul to the Bucks has been getting louder and louder, and I think that um, I think that that's a, a move they need to make. Their payroll would be ludicrous. I think they'd be paying Giannis forty nine million, uh, Chris Paul thirty eight, and Chris Middleton low thirties. But with the way these teams constructed, I think you just need three guys that can play forty minutes in the playoffs, and I think you need to fucking tell Mike Budenholzer. To stop playing Giannis 34 minutes in the playoffs. <laughs> you rest him all season so he can be ready for the playoffs and you get to the playoffs and he's still playing 34 minutes. It's not this like, I'll die by that decision. Just don't make that decision in the first yeah, place. 100%. Play them all yeah. 40 minutes come playoffs. And yeah, I think that the um, Chris Paul trade would be a a necessity for them. Yeah. No, that's it. They If they win the chip and they just throw an enormous bag 
at Chris Paul, um, then it doesn't matter because they'll get they'll re-sign Giannis, and then you know if they have one or two off seasons, it doesn't matter because he's on a huge contract and they can then build another team around him. I mean, that team would be fucking scary. <laughs> Chris yeah, Paul yeah. and Giannis on it. Like, yeah, then, I would be terrified yeah. of that team. And then I think um, Middleton. Uh, then he's the third best player on yeah, the team, and I which makes that, sense. That yeah, and then <laughs> then he will really look like. I feel like Chris Middleton as the third best player on the team. Mm. You can have the conversation of you know Chris Middleton might be the second best player on that team, <laughs> but right now it's, I don't feel comfortable saying that Chris Middleton is the second best player on a contending team. Yeah, 100%. when he has two two guys to play behind, I think that then he will have his most success. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're playing the NBA Finals and it's Giannis and Chris Middleton. You know, like that doesn't feel like a title-winning duo. But yeah, if you've got Chris Middleton overperforming behind CP3, yeah. Oh, sorry, I got Giannis's contract completely wrong. It's twenty-seven million. If he were to sign the extension, it'd be like high forties. Mm. But yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> if you make that call and you win the ring, then the payroll doesn't matter. Exactly. You've won the ring. That's exactly. the whole point. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add to the Bucks? They were a pretty exciting team this season, and I feel like. They deserve they deserve our time. <laughs> yeah. So just on what Marco was saying with um Middleton, I think well and Chris Paul, if he did come into the fold, he's had like Middleton's already had one or maybe two 50-40-90 seasons. So he can be super efficient mm. as a third option. If he can give you close to twenty points a game on that kind of shooting numbers, it's just ridiculous. And they'd always have someone on who can create offense. Yeah. Whether that be Milton or Paul. And then I think Giannis would also be able to take himself to a whole other level as well, which would be scary for the whole league because he's already dominating. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that um, you need multiple shot creators and multiple playmakers come playoff time. And mm-hmm. that, that trio would have... Well, Chris Paul plays both, both those roles. And then Milton can be the other shot creator and then Giannis can be the other playmaker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think yeah, Chris Paul on a team like that would just be uh, be really scary. I can't the the way he just drags defenses in the direction he wants, and just the the chances he would create for Giannis would be oh, god disgusting. And the defense, think of the defense. Think yeah. of having Chris Paul and Giannis like yeah. <laughs> also a. a- CP3 Giannis pick and roll would be ridiculous. Oh, God. The points they would create <laughs> off of that. Like, lobs, finding, not just lobs, yeah, finding him as the roll man. CP3 getting that mid-range shot. Middleton probably being on the strong side in that pick and roll. And then if a weak side help came, Chris Paul could easily make that pass. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I think that the, I think yeah. this is a, pull, uh, a move the Bucks need to pull the trigger on. That's four very sure scoring options <laughs> yeah. from, like, the most yeah. basic play in the NBA. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that'd be awesome. Uh we got we got uh, Indiana to finish off this uh, finish off this division, and I feel like I feel like now we should have finished with the Bucks because that was a lot more fun than anything Indiana offers. They had Bubble TJ Warren until he got sunned by his father Jimmy Butler, uh, yeah. and well, they got Victor Oladipo who wants to leave, Miles Turner who's not getting minutes because they they want a nineteen eighties big man in Demantis Sabonis to build around. <laughs> And then they stole Malcolm Brogdon, who would have been the perfect fit in Milwaukee had mm. they just kept him. Uh, yeah, this is a weird team, Indiana. Well, you know, they had like the third best defensive rating in the league, right? And that's with Oladipo um, out for the majority of the season as well. Mm. So something's going right in Indiana, yeah. obviously. 
But yeah, if if Oladipo wants to leave, I think they just need to focus on getting a really good package for him. Um, and yeah, I guess just building on what they what they built up last season. But yeah, I don't know. Indiana again are also one of those nothing teams to me where I'm like, There's, they're not going to be a serious contender. Mm. Like they they they'll make the playoffs. But yeah, I don't know. I don't sort of know what their five year plan is or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because even if you added a superstar, to, well, maybe if you added a superstar to this team, they'd become a contender. Ah, yeah, but but where's but, the superstar yeah, going to come the from? The superstar's <laughs> not going to Indiana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're not. Nobody is trading their superstar for Victor Oladipo. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Brogdon, I've always loved. He's yeah, always been a super good. efficient guy, like, and just a smart basketball player. Uh, and then Miles Turner, I just as a sideline expert. You have to you have to make Miles Turner the priority, not Demantis Sabonis. Yeah. Because yeah, Sabonis is just he's 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 really really good at what he does, but that's that one thing. You know, he's a good he's good at putting the ball in the ring from really close, and you know he can hit pick and pop. But Miles Turner can do all that stuff and defend. So, yeah, and just the way other teams are talking about Miles Turner as well, like everyone wants him. Mm. So like, play him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you gotta get his stock up. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Because yeah, <laughs> like so, if everyone wants him and he's not playing, <laughs> then like he he could just leave and you get fucking yeah. shit all. So yeah. either play him and get his worth, like take advantage of the skills he has, and then his stock goes up. So if if you then you know want to trade him for another piece, sure. But yeah, like fucking play. Him. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, that's like the case of CP3 and OKC. Yeah. Even though he's, you know, old as dirt, he um, he he de- he definitely uh, improved his stock oh, this this, yeah. this this season. Yeah, yeah. All right. Any anything else to add for the Indiana Pacers, Tom? Um, yeah, I think you have to move on from one of their bigs because Miles Turner and Sabonis they can't coexist together. And um, DJ Warren in the bubble, he was playing power forward. For most of it and he it was his best spot mm-hmm. so i think i don't know for me i agree like the fit with turner would be better because they're more athletic they're quicker like you got a lot more rim protection and they're both better shooters so i think you'd move on from sabonis but i don't think there's as much of a market for sabonis as there is turner and indiana is obviously real happy with sabonis as well so i don't know i think i think they have to sort of make a decision and then follow that direction rather than just keep on trying to keep everyone happy at this point yeah that's it they've got a lot of they've weirdly got a lot of worth mm. in their players yeah but then you do, the the obvious moves aren't there like you know um everyone wants those guys but i just don't think indiana is going to get what they want or who mm. they need in return for victor yeah, or yeah. miles or sabonis like yeah, Victor or Miles? <laughs> uh, yeah, and obviously we've seen how my boys. <laughs> we've seen how detrimental just holding on to them can be because yeah. the more, the further away they get from the first initial uh, trade rumor, then the lower their value is. Exactly. exactly. So, you know, who knows? What, yeah, uh, they had they had so much potential in Miles Turner, even if if they had they made him their option, the the guy they went with. And they had so much value in him a couple of years ago if they wanted to trade him. And now that's just, they, they're going to lose that trade for sure. Yeah. I still I still haven't really given up hope that Oladipo can take that next step. Like he got injured and was sort of hobbling along towards the end of the season. 
But if he does take that step that a lot of people expected him to again, then they've got all the complementary pieces in place already. So they could be, and that also make them more of a free agent destination if they just look like they were that one piece away. But um, yeah, I still got hope for Oladipo, I think. Yeah. I mean, well, he's requested a trade, hasn't he? Like, I think I don't know if he's requested a trade or there's he has just said that he doesn't want to be there. Yeah, right. Um, because yeah. I think he got yeah. leaked by a Pacers. Oh, okay. Like beat writer or something. But looking at this, uh, we'll get you to do your divisional standings in a second, Tom. But looking at this, yeah. um, division, there's so much history. Yeah. The Bucks, the Pacers, the Bulls, and the Pistons all have really. Uh, deep histories and then the Cavs in recent history I mean you know LeBron but they're going to be a, that's going to be a moment in time um, yeah. and you know nowadays it's just like I wasn't overly excited to talk about any of these teams yeah <laughs> but yeah yeah like even even the Pacers who would be out of those five probably I mean wait, have, have they won a ring like I don't think so yeah but you know like they were so good in the 90s um, the late nineties, early two thousands, weren't they? Mm, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, there's a couple of basket cases <laughs> in there at the <laughs> moment. Like, <laughs> oh, they sorry, they won three league championships in nineteen seventy, seventy two, and seventy three. Oh, that was in, in the, the ABA, NBA, not the yeah. NBA. The cool thing about that division is, like, if you look at it on a map, all the cities are really close. Like, <laughs> you, you, you could drive to a game um, and drive back that same night if you, if you were in almost any of those cities. And they're all weird. The Midwest's fucking weird, man. Like, what are you doing? Midwest. What do you do, do in Milwaukee? Like, <laughs> what are you doing, Cleveland? Like, <laughs> Have you seen that Joe Kim Noah video when it's like... <laughs> oh, he's, dude, I know I've been someone... Someone's so obviously salty about LeBron. Yeah. What's there to do in Cleveland? Fucking <laughs> LeBron James, <laughs> That's what's there to do in Cleveland. Also, don't put yourself on the same level as him. Like anyone else has ever done that. <laughs> oh, golly gosh. Um, all right, Tom, what's your, what's your divisional ranking for this one? Who's first? Who's second? Who's in all the other names? Okay, so it's got to be Bucks first. Um... Then it's Pacers, and I'm really, really, really hoping it's Bulls. I think we're going to take a big step. That's it's a yeah, it's a big hope there. And then Cavs and Detroit. Yeah, I think that's how I put it. Yeah. So you have same same rankings except Cavs and Pistons switch. Um, and yeah, I think that that's probably the best bet. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I think it's funny. Apart from the Bulls, none of none of the teams in this division are really like going anywhere. Mm. like they are where they are at the moment and it'll be a few years before they're like transitioning into another period like even the bucks it's like it's the keep Giannis on board period yeah and if that means yeah. winning a ring like weirdly that's not too far outside of the timeline that they were on this season mm. um and yeah paces don't know what the fuck's going on Cavs and pistons <sighs> yeah <laughs> the Cavs are going to continue being in limbo since the turn of the millennium uh They've been in the lottery every single year. They haven't had LeBron. And then they were in the lottery in his rookie season. Fair enough, he was 18. And every other season they've made nah, the he's washed, man. <laughs> uh, and I think that that's just a, it's a hard thing to uh, recover from, yeah. losing a you know pretty good basketball player. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but they've had their chances. They had, what, two first overround picks, like back-to-back. Mm. And then like they had a... They blew it with Anthony Bennett. 
Well, they had three, didn't they? Because there was Wiggins as well, like yeah. Kyrie Irving. It's like they had every chance to like pull <laughs> exactly. the team draft, but they just didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that just speaks volumes about how troubled that whole organization has probably been its entire its entire life. Like yeah. that franchise has just never been in a good place. Mm. It's just they had LeBron James. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had um they had this one team, I think they came across the uh Bulls in the playoffs with oh, Craig yeah, Elo right. and Mark Price and that was the one where Jordan did that big jump celebration and fist in the air. Uh and <laughs> that was their second highlight to having LeBron <laughs> yeah. was Jordan beating them. <laughs> So when you look at their like best of all time roster and it's like LeBron, LeBron, <laughs> Kyrie, Mark Price. <laughs> Don't forget Mo Williams. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh god. Anderson Verja. <laughs> awesome. Uh thanks for coming on with us, Tom. This was a bunch of fun. Yeah. Uh, cheers. Thanks for having me. Good thanks, luck Tom. with the Bulls this yeah, season. Yeah, go Bulls. <laughs> You've been listening to an episode of the Jeff Van Gundy NBA Tribute Show, hosted by Lucas Petridis and Marco Holden Jeffrey. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Instagram at JVG NBA Tribute Show and Twitter at JVG NBA. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next one.